sound everything good from here? All good. Is everything good on my end? I got these. I got these Perfect. AirPods, except they're not working. So I got these old, 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 old ass headphones from the airport. No, it's all good. Hey, let's do it. All right, I'm gonna welcome on my next guest. We got a very special guest. We got Chargers legend and Terps legend, Mr. Sean Merriman. Sean, is everything going for you? Doing well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I can't complain. I can't complain. It's raining here in DC right now. The weather's been all over the place, but hopefully we're moving on soon. I, I, how's everything with you? It's good. I'm actually uh, my place here in Las Vegas. Uh, so, you know, I spend a lot more time here now. And, uh, you know, obviously with the fight league, Lights Out Extreme fighting, looking to get some things going up here soon. That's awesome. Is it is it sort of back to normal yet? Or are people still kind of hesitant? Yeah, with the- you, you know, it's we, we was in the pandemic for so long. I mean, it's, it's going to take a while for us all to get back to normal. But I think it's the, the more vaccines that are rolled out, the more people are feeling comfortable. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get back to to that point. Have you been to Allegiant Stadium yet, or is it still kind of closed off the ball? I haven't, I haven't been there, but if I go there, I'm sure I can get two sacks still. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I want to ask your thoughts on the offseason a little bit. We kind of had the free agency open up last week. A lot of, a lot of money. A lot of teams they're talking about how they're going to have to move some money around. I think it's all BS. I think they can pay the guys as much as they want to. Um, any moves kind of stuck out to you that you're excited to see next year? Um, I'm excited to see what Carson Wentz is going to do. I think that to me so far, that's been the biggest demise because you, he's going to a Colts team, right? That, that one of the best offensive lines in football, um, they got, uh, you know, Darius Landon on defense and they got, you know, uh, Buckner and, you know, they have a talented defense as well. So what is that going to happen? You know, what, what's going to happen there when you got a, a team built in and, and my former teammate who was there in Phillip Rivers, um, he played well. He played well because they blocked for him and they played great defense. So I'm interested to see what Carson Wentz getting out of that situation in Philly because I'm sure at some point in time it had to start wearing on him um, just the back and forth with Jalen Hurts, his, who's going to start and what's going to happen. And now you get a chance to start off with a, you know, with a clean slate and with a great team. Yeah. And then with your former team, the Chargers, what, when did, at what point in the year, at what point in the year did Justin Herbert outperform your expectations? It was, you know what, he, he really didn't, right? So what happened was uh, during, the, during the, uh, the, the combine when he was about to get drafted, um, you know, I put out a tweet and said, and I saw him kind of moving around and I saw him paying attention. I also watched him in the, uh, in the uh, championship game when he came out of college too. I was there, I went to the game. And I was like, this, this guy's a stud. Like he's next level. And if he was able to get into a, the right NFL system, he's going to blossom. So he did just that. And I don't even think that we've seen a smidget of, of what Justin Herbert's going to be able to do here soon. You know, this upcoming year, I think he's going to make a huge leap. Do you think Anthony Lynn got the short end of the stick? No, I, I, look, we all understand as players, coaches, right? In, in, a, in the National Football League, you have to perform. And if you don't perform, you know, at some point in time, they're going to move you. And I don't care if you're a star player that's not performing anymore. Or you, you wasn't that good of a player. You're not performing. It's a performance-based business. And anytime you get an opportunity with a team like he's had, he's had, I mean, look, I know Justin Herbert wasn't there, but you still had Keenan Allen and, and uh, you know, Mike Williams, yeah. you know, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. You still had a team there. So you got to go out and win football games because uh, you, you're, you're dealing with some great talent. What, what about on the defensive side? I'm, I don't think they brought Melvin Ingram back. What do you, what do you expect next year? You know, they, they still have a, a really good defense, right? Um, I'm excited for them. They got uh, Kenneth Murray, the, the young yeah. Uh, rook, well, he was a rookie going yeah. into his second year. Yeah. Uh, Joey Bosa, um, they, they got guys there. That's not the issue. I think that um, it was more personnel. It's more of, of coaching and putting guys in position to go make plays uh, than it was that the, the guys actually going out being able to get it done. Yeah. And where do you want to see them address um, with the first round pick uh, later in the month? 
I, you know what? You have one of the best and young quarterbacks in the game. I would like to see them go, you know, maybe not early in the first round, but start attacking that, first, that, that, that offensive line. Uh, you know, you got to beef up that offensive line as much as possible because what happened was, uh, especially later on during the year when guys started to get hurt and going down, you know, now your, your second string drops off completely from the talent on the first string. Yeah. You, you can't have that, especially in the NFL. And if you, especially if you're trying to play uh, deep in a playoff because guys are going to get injured. So you can't have that level of a talent drop off from your first string to the second string going into the season. Interesting. And then for, since I know you're a DMV guy, what, what were your thoughts on Washington season? Um, look, one thing, one thing I was kind of disappointed. I thought that Alex Smith was going to have a, a better and a more opportunity from him making the the comeback that he did. Yeah. Um, you know, I played for Coach Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is a uh, not only a great coach, but he's a great person. Yeah, and he's a player's coach. And so, anytime you, you you're doing something wrong there, it, it's a problem. So um, I know they had to make a move at quarterback. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, you know, again, we just talked about the coach, but they have. Probably the, uh, the Washington football team has the best defensive line in football, in my opinion. You know, when you're looking at it across the board. So when you got somebody like that, and you got Chase Young and these guys who can get after the quarterback, he's going to get you get you the ball back, right? They're going to give you great field position. So now you have to get a quarterback this and draft either draft right this time or bring in the right the right situation. But I thought they made a hell of a move of bringing Ryan Fitzpatrick, my former teammate in it. I think that I, I think that's right on the money because. Uh, he can go out and win football games for you right now. Yeah. I have a question. Who does Chase Young remind you of? You know, what's funny. He's from Maryland, and uh, I watched him since high school. His uh, One of his teachers while he was in high school was my football coach. And so I was hearing about him since he was a, a sophomore and junior in high school. I would say me. I mean, it, it's, you know, he's uh, a little bit of, of a more of a defensive lineman than he is a stand-up outside yeah. linebacker. But when you talk about tenacity, when you talk about getting after the quarterback, um, you know, this guy has a, a relentless motor. And let's put the talent, you know, to the side. I mean, he's one of the most gifted guys. You see him in person, he like, man, this guy is built, right? He's jacked. And he looks the part. He looks like a football player was put together, right? But let's put in a hustle, the relentlessness, the guy – goes out there and he flat out gets after it. And if you watch him, how he chased the quarterback, he missed the first, second time, he'll you know, chase the guy 20, 30 yards down the field. And I think those are the plays that really define you at the end of the day. Your talent's going to speak for itself. But when you're able to play at that high level with that motor, uh, it really shows who you are. Yeah, so I want to ask you about your career a little bit. Um, how'd you get the nickname Lights Out? Uh, <laughs> well, look, my, my, uh, my sophomore year at, uh, at Frederick Douglass High School in Maryland, uh, you know, when I I grew up in Prince George yeah. County. Uh, I knocked out four kids in, in one game, right? And um, so right after the game, I had about 15 or 20 students running up to me and they said, man, you knocked you knock those guys' lights out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, call me lights out. So that name stuck with me all the way through high school and then again through through college. Now you got to go and earn it. It's not like one of those names you get it and then you kind of walk off and people be calling you lights out. Like you have to go out and earn it. Um, but yeah, my sophomore year, first Douglas High School, that lights out name was born. Did you always want to be a Terp or did they, were they just the best opportunity for you? No, no, I, I always wanted to be a Terp. I, uh, I had offers probably from everywhere in the college, uh, every, every, uh, every college in the nation. And what really got me there is uh, who's the head coach there, Mike Loxley. He recruited me. Uh, I actually went to a summer camp my sophomore year at Maryland. It was a three-day camp where you have some of the best players uh, come from all over the state of Maryland. Uh, to this three-day camp and I went and just 
killed it, right? I mean, I, I performed, I was, I moved up to the seniors, even though I was a sophomore. Um, and when I was walking off the field, they told me, uh, the coaches, uh, Vanderlyn and Loxley and everybody at the time, they said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to be back. We're going to offer you. And this is my sophomore year. So I knew that, uh, I wanted to go, I wanted to stay home. That was, that was number one for me because my high school coaches, my family and my friends, I wanted them all to have an opportunity to come and see me play. And I knew that the only way to do that was is to stay home, which, you know, all the kids should do that because we, we all know the best, the best talent come from that DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what kind of job do you think Loxley's done so far? He's bringing in everybody. I know he got the kid to flip from LSU. What do you think he's done so far? He, he's, you know, and I'll say it again, now, Mike Loxley is the best recruiter in the country. And, um, and what makes him the best is he'll tell you exactly how it is. Um, you know, it's no, it's no BS. It's no beating around the bush with Locks. Um, he means what he's saying. You can look at him as a uncle figure, a father figure, an older brother, however you want to look at it, because uh, coming from especially areas that I grew up in, in Prince George's County, you needed that. You needed someone that, that had your back, someone that was, uh, was going to tell you like it is and be upfront with you because he, um, you know, he set the tone for things you're going to have to deal with in your life. Yeah. I have a question. What was your draft process like? It was uh, it was interesting, right? Because you know I came out as a uh, as a junior, and so you know I, I sent in my my information to to the NFL. And what happens is you get these draft grades come back where they think you're going to land at. So I knew I was going to go somewhere in the first round because the draft grade came back as the first round. I didn't know if it was going to be top five or top ten, top fifteen. I didn't know, but I knew it was going to land somewhere. And uh, I didn't want to go to the draft. Um, I saw that just recently, I think it was, uh, who's a quarterback in Clemson, um, the, uh, the quarterback, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he, uh, is going to stay back home and watch with his family. And that's what I did. I wanted to be in the comfort of my own, own home. And I rented a big, a big house in, uh, in Maryland. And, uh, it was cool because all my coaches and my family and, and everybody, my teachers, everybody came there, uh, for the draft and we're watching it on ESPN and they called my name. Well, uh, Marty Schottenheimer had called me first. He said, hey, you ready to be a, a San Diego Charger? And I said, yeah, are you guys ready to pick me? Cause I'm ready to go. And uh, by the time I hung up the phone, they, my name popped up on the bottom of the ticker and it was it was a day that I'll never forget. And I have a question. Can you talk about Marty Schottenheimer? I know he recently passed away. Can you yeah. talk about what kind of coach he was, what kind of man he was? I, you know what? Uh, I, I love Marty for many different reasons. He was a great coach. I mean, we all know that his record proved that. Uh, if you look over Marty Schottenheimer's career, look at the players he's coached um, and, and, and careers he's made by coaching them. But one of the things that I, I love most about Marty was um, just the person he was. And I'll give you a prime example. He was always harder. I mean, he, he'll, you know, one day uh, he'll come and we'll be in training camp and we might have back-to-back two-a-day practices and he'll come and tap me on my back and say, hey, uh, you know, take these, take this drill off. You know, you've been working hard, been practicing hard. And I'm thinking like, man, he, you know, he really likes me. He's taking it easy on me. And then the very next day in the morning, when we start practice, he'll line me up in Oklahoma drills against one of the offensive linemen. And so he was just a uh, loving coach, a tough coach. I, uh, I remember having a big hit against Priest Holmes um, my, my rookie year and I'm celebrating. I'm, I'm you know, excited. And I remember going over to the sideline and Marty Schottenheimer had, uh, hey, was celebrating, you know, saw me celebrating and grabbed me by the face mask. He said, hey, don't forget that this guy's uh, family and his friends are watching, right? And this is when I, when I was celebrating. Yeah. So this, this, 
this was who Marty Schoenheimer was yeah. and, and this kind of person he was and coach he was. And, uh, you know, I miss him a whole lot. Yeah. And I have a question. Um, did you kind of, was it an easy adjustment before you get into the NFL from Maryland or did it take a little bit of time? It, it actually, to be quite honest with me, the speed was, was faster in the NFL. Uh, guys are a lot more smarter because they learn how to watch film. So all those things are hard, you know, taking care of your body because it's a long season. So those, those are the things that are the hardest. The easier part was, is that when you get in the NFL, they want you to make plays. It's not so much always about the system. You know, if you're a pass rusher, your job is to go get the quarterback. And, you know, I still have responsibilities. Obviously I dropped in coverage, but, you know, I played for a great defensive coordinator in Wade Phillips. You know, Wade Phillips uh, put me in positions to, hey, this is what you do best. We want you to go get the quarterback. That's what we paying you, paying you to do. So uh, that part of it was easy. That's why I jumped out my, my rookie year and had the, the amount of sacks and the production that I did because the game uh, at that point became very easy to me. The question, who's the toughest quarterback you ever had to sack? Uh, that's a, well, I played against Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning. Those guys, uh, they were great quarterbacks. You know, Tom Brady being the greatest and, and Peyton Manning, I think it was right up there. Yeah. But when you talk about tackling guys and getting them to the ground, um, two guys come to mind. First of all was uh, Steve McNair. Steve McNair was so damn strong um, and so powerful. I remember, you know, having him fully wrapped up and him going to the ground and him throwing a 30-yard pass right before his knee hit the ground. And I had him fully. He had, you know, it was no way anybody else completing that pass. And the second uh, person was Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger was the hardest because, you know, he was big and he moved a lot and he was slippery. Uh, and he was able to just to be mobile enough to get out the pocket. You know, he was a lot different than going against Tom Brady. He was a lot different than going against Peyton Manning because those guys wasn't as mobile. They can get away, but yeah. Steve McNair, Ben Roethlisberger, those guys were, were extremely mobile. And I just have a couple more questions for you. Um, what's your favorite uh, Phil Rivers story? Because I know you can tell any of them because he doesn't curse. So, Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? The, the, my favorite Phil story is um, he can walk now, uh, like a specific walk, and I walk kind of with a waddle and stuff like that. Uh, and so I used to break down the, uh, the team before every game. And what he would do is, if I was late, late to the huddle or whatever, he'll walk over to the huddle like he was going to be the one breaking it down. And I would always start and say, let's get it. Let's start the, the breakdown. And I would hear just walking down the hallway. If I'm turning the corner, I would hear Phillip Rivers and watch him walking like me, saying, "Let's get it, let's get it." So he would he would he best imitation of anybody that I know because he uh, he paid attention. He paid attention to every single thing you did, your movement, your mannerisms, the, the things you said. If there were a hot record or a hip hop album a single that was playing on the radio and you end up uh, the linebackers or the DBs or the, the defense, we were singing it enough. He would pick up on the lyrics and start reciting it himself. It was just, he was always paying attention. So uh, man, it was, it was great playing with Phil. Question. Do you see him coaching long-term or do you expect him in the booth soon? Oh, no, no. A hundred percent coaching. I, he, he's um, maybe, you know, another, another 10 years, I see him in a booth. But right now, Philip is, he's too active. He's too passionate to sit in the booth. Um, I think that he needs to get the coaching out of the system before he makes his way to the booth. And they're going to have to pay him a lot of money to, to go and do that because he's going to be great at it. He's going to want more than Breeze too after that. Um, I, so I wanted to ask you about Lights Acts. I know you got the podcast. I know you got the apparel. I know you kind of get into mixed martial arts. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, so lights out um, extreme fighting in my MMA league. We are up on uh, Fox Sports right now. Um, well, since the pandemic, we, we all got shut down, but we should be started back here somewhere in May or June. Uh, so it's been cool because, you know, one thing we specialize in bringing these former athletes, former NFL guys, former rugby. Uh, we have a track, a uh, former track star that's now training MMA. Uh, and what's happening over the next 12 to 24 months is athletes who get done in a sport and still looking to go out and compete. And, you know, we, we just been providing a platform for them. And, um, you know, obviously the lights out apparel to, to match and my lights out podcast on uh, Fox sports radio and I heart, you guys can download it anywhere. So it's, uh, you know, with me, it's, it's really about building this brand. Um, you know, I spent, you know, majority of my adult life, uh, building this is something I believe in. I've been called lights out since I was 16 years old. And, and now it's turning to, uh, to all these things that at 16, I didn't see coming, but, I stay focused, stay with it. And um, I got a great team around me and, you know, I've got great partners and great employees and great people that support what I'm doing. And we, we're only looking to grow. That's awesome. Who, who are some of the guys maybe getting close to the end of maybe their football or basketball careers that you would like to see them in the ring? Um, you know, it, it's funny. So you, you look at guys, I would say uh, defensive backs, you, you can see um, what's the, what's the, the, the cornerback who's always fighting from the Ravens. Um, oh, Pete, uh, Marcus, Pete, Marcus Peters. Yeah. I think guys like that, if they ever got serious with it, they can, you know, they can have a career in MMA. Um, you know, and, I, and there's several other guys who are, you know, I see like Simeon Rice and Brian Cushing and all these guys that are training in combat sports that are done playing. So you, you're going to see some here uh, over the next you know few months when we make an announcement of guys that have notable names. People watch them on the field and watch them on a track and watch them playing uh, you know playing rugby that are going to be uh, fighting in MMA. It's going to happen. I got a name for you. I don't know if you reached out, but it would be awesome. And people big. You get Nene out there. Nene Nene would mess some mess some dudes up. Him maybe Stephen Adams in a couple of years. Big. I'd pay for that. That'd let let him hey, tell him hit me up. You know that's how guys. <laughs> Guys know that guys know the cool the cool thing is is that you know I promoted it up and I'm out there about it enough and, and people know about it enough to reach out and say, hey man, I'm thinking about fighting. You know, so we get a lot of guys just kind of on the cuffs of not trying to we're trying to really figure out what they want to do. And as soon as they figure out what they want to do, football players and rugby guys, you already have a background in competing. You're strong, you're explosive, you're coordinated, and now you just learn the craft of, of mixed martial arts and you can actually do well in this industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's really the question I really have for you. Um, how can people find you on social media, keep up with you, and I can link all your stuff to when I post it? Yeah, uh, follow me at Sean Merriman uh, on all, all, I'm even on TikTok now, at Sean Merriman. Uh, and then Lights Out XF uh, on Instagram and Lights Out XF on Twitter as well. So lightsoutxf.com is the website for our future events coming up. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time today, Chad. I really appreciate it. You got it, man. Same here.